I like to talk about Miramichi. I like to talk about sports. It's in my wheelhouse. We have hosted major midget Atlantics and then had our team ripped away from us thanks to Hockey New Brunswick. That still pisses me off. What I love about it is that you remember it one way, I remember it another, but we'll both remember it as The Run. Hey there, it's Patty. Thanks so much for listening to the first few editions of The Run, an Iron House Productions presentation. It means a lot to all of us that you took the time to do so. Don't forget to subscribe so you get a notification when the latest edition is up. And of course, if you really like what you hear, and this is a very selfish one, please give it a share or invite a friend to check it out. On this edition of The Run, it's round number two with Jerry Green. This time, largely centered on the Miramichi Timberwolves. Jerry Green joins me again. Jerry, thanks uh, for stopping by yet again. You're welcome. The chair's comfortable. The uh, the uh, room's comfortable. Yeah, I'll come back. All right, lovely. Yeah. Always good to see and hear from old friends again. <laughs> you love when I do that one, don't that you? That is your favorite. <laughs> Last time around, we were discussing Miramichi Timberwolves, Miramichi Gagnon Packers, Miramichi Tim Hortons Leafs, Chatham Ironman, Newcastle Cardinals, so on and so forth. So I thought we'd revisit Miramichi Timberwolves and maybe dive into that a little deeper than we did on podcast number one mm-hmm. we were just kind of laying the groundwork of what was to come in number one mm-hmm. so miramichi timberwolves are in their 19th season maritime hockey league back in the day when we came in it was the maritime junior a hockey league but they've trimmed the fat there and shortened the name 2000 2001 was uh, our first year you remember the record in our first year? May I throw that I think at there you? There was uh, what I do remember is ten wins. I think is what I remember. Hundred percent correct. Ten, thirty-five, five, and two mm-hmm. back in the days, and it doesn't seem that long ago when there were still ties. If you can imagine that, I can remember they had an expensive coach and general manager, and he had a van, and I remember. <laughs> yeah, we started out big. Oh no, there was no, there was no, uh, there was no budget. There was no limit to what they could. And then though. Weren't they sponsored by UPM? I don't know how much UPM. UPM was the local mill at the time. I don't know how much they spent. It would just be a a, 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 a one-time payment. Might be five, ten thousand. I don't know. I, I don't know the economics of the deal. I yeah. will say this: there's a couple of things, and just uh, as a point of clarification, it was Repap originally, and then Repap became UPM. Yeah, but the, the Timberwolves are never called Repap. No, that's correct. Right. And they had those crazy old uniforms with the with the socks that had the 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 outline or the or the landscape yeah. of, a, of 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 timber, you know, like of trees and yeah. But you know what? You're you're looking at that through the 2019 lens. I, I think back in 2000 2001, it was kind of cool, was it not? Everything was done on a grander scale. You look at some of those old East Coast Hockey League and International Hockey League jerseys. Cripes, they were awful, and the socks were equally as awful, but there was a certain beauty in it as well. Well, yeah, but it, along with that, they were more expensive. And number two, I just never uh, I never had a fondness for the uh, the actual logo of the wolf. It looked like uh, Wile E. Coyote. It, it is too cartoonish for me, but, you wow. know, there's still... There's still, I mean, the Sudbury Wolves still look that way, too. And the Timberwolves have, have streamlined it a little bit. It looks a little bit more meaner. But uh, at that time, it just seemed too cartoonish to me. And the, and the uniforms were just way out there. Jesus, Murphy, the, <laughs> what? the gloves have come off <laughs> early. Not. This is escalating quickly. And, the, and the, if you remember, and also the texture of the socks was new. It was almost like that, you know, that slippery stuff. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a knitted wool sock, if you remember. I am no fashionista, but I do believe you're 100% correct. They mm-hmm. do refer to that as slippery stuff. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the trading name of it. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> polyester. I don't know. What do you? I don't know my uh, textures. All right. So back to where you started here. The uh, there was a perfect storm of things going on. You you alluded to it a few times on podcast number one. They inherited the realized monies of the former senior franchises. Right. The, the same people right. who were involved with the demise of the senior team, and it wasn't their fault. No. When I say demise, demise would indicate bad management. That was not the case. It was just the time and circumstance and leagues folded. Yeah, senior cycle. Senior cycle. There you go. So the same guys were involved. And they said, hey, let's put in a junior A franchise. And it was always the same worry whether or not, you know, the the the, the town or the city was a, a senior hockey city and would junior hockey survive? That was the that was the other thing. But then it became a reality that look at folks, if you're a hockey fan, senior hockey is just too uh, turbulent. It's just two. One year you got four teams, then you got two, then you got none. We're going to be in a, in a league, in the, in the league at that time, and I, I don't know, has, has it had its 50th anniversary or something, that particular league? It's been the around. Maritime League? Maritime League's oh, been yeah. around a long time. Sure. It's an established league. Nobody's disappearing. It might be teams here or there that relocate or might, uh, or might disappear, but I mean, you've got an established entity here that uh, let's get involved and let's uh, turn the the hockey fans focus on on junior A hockey, which was is good and still is good, excellent hockey. So here's a sixty four thousand dollar question, and don't lie to me here. <laughs> Were you there for game number one? Like, did this register with you? Now, and I ask you uh, not to out you here. I ask you with sincerity because you're a hockey guy. You love a hockey game. Two thousand. I don't know why I wouldn't be, but it's nineteen years ago. I don't remember. See, I don't remember there if I was there for the first game. I don't. But see, I'm wondering why. Like, I, I just, I, I can't imagine that. Hang on. I can't imagine that in those days, either yourself or some of the crew you were running with didn't say, Green, we're going to the game on Saturday. Because it was the thing to do. It was new. It was a great crowd. Mm-hmm. Camelton was in town. I mean, it was a built-in rivalry. Mm-hmm. Um, were you working off ice? I, I've been there since day one. Okay, so then I don't know who was doing the doing any uh, assisting you in that regard but can, can i throw you a curveball it's very rare that i've gone to a timberwolf game where i haven't been working at that game in one shape or form no i understand uh, yeah totally understand that yeah and and that that's just our, that's just what we've always done we've always been involved be it going to the baseball diamond yeah we're not sitting in the stands we're up working somewhere and be it baseball or hockey or any other event that's happening we're somehow involved and and so i don't i don't remember being involved day one so i don't recall if i was there day one uh probably but i i i would couldn't tell you you say they were playing camelton i don't remember that and i don't remember the result uh the results i think they did they lose by one or win by one do you remember the one takeaway that i have from that over the pomp and circumstance of the opening ceremonies and was new and the uniforms right. were new uh, although you didn't like the uniforms and blah 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 <laughs> um Derek maloney uh had a fight and he came up and uh, obviously I, I realize we're on a podcast here and no one can see me but he came up with the uh the m and the the wolf you don't like in his hand and he was he was Stop doing, saying that he was doing this yeah and i just remember like oh yeah now it was just kind of like, further to what you're saying, it was kind of uh, a, a realization that this is not senior, this is junior, and this is the Jersey Now fans. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know that Derek Maloney was thinking of all that in that moment, mm-hmm. but I look back on that now and go, that was a nice little presentation that this is new, and we're new, and we're here to play for you, so on and so forth. Okay, let's check your memory bank then. Well, let me jump in here real quickly. 1967, 
the Maritime Hockey League as we know it now started as the Metro Valley Junior Hockey League and largely through Nova Scotia in those days. Uh, but 1967 is when it came out. So go ahead, check my memory. Okay. Um, at that time, probably uh, the focus was to have a local content who locally, um, one comes to mind, but who locally was on the team day one. I think the marquee local player was Kyron Bowes. That's who I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Now, I kind of forget Kyron's background. I think he was down in the States in some prep school, if yeah. memory serves me. Yeah. But that was kind of the local. And again, let's not forget Cookie here as well, Jeff Lamke. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff there first year? Jeff there first year, okay. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the one and only year, because it was on his, he would have been 20 that particular mm-hmm. year. Ryan Locke easily although there's no stats to back what I'm about to say up, easily played 45 minutes a game. And I, I don't mm-hmm. think I'm too far off there. Most would go, Quinn, you're crazy. They only had him one year. He was a 20. That's absolutely correct. Right. Uh, Nick Terrio from over Oramukdo Way. Remember Big Nick? Yeah. And of course, uh, if you're not familiar with um, junior hockey, be it uh, Major Junior or Junior A, uh, the range of age is between 16 and 20. But in... Junior A, you can have now eight. I don't know if it was that back then, if you're allowed to carry eight 20 year olds, where in major junior, you're allowed to carry three 20 year olds. Call me crazy, Jerry, but I think that has been, re- I think that was, I think it's been upped. I think it's less. Then. I think we were allowed 10. Uh, maybe it was because oh, we were an expansion okay, franchise. Maybe. Maybe. Yes, yes. That maybe, is maybe, right. maybe we were throwing a bone. I do remember that. Yeah, okay. Can I go through this real quickly here? Let's keep going down the local lineup here. I just called it up real quickly. So we were right to say Kyron Bowes. Uh, can I run some numbers by you? Mm, yes. 49 games played, 20 goals, 20 assists, total of 40 points. So nice. Sure. Adam Savoy. Now, not so much local, but uh, from down the coast. And I do believe played some Riverman hockey. Yes, here. a Riverman touch. Uh, Grant Donovan, though I don't believe Grant to have been an original from day one. I think he came away, came to us by way of acquisition somewhere along the line. Yeah, he was over. Uh, I picture him over on the western side of the province and came our way, or maybe anyways. But yeah, Grant Donovan. Yeah. He, ca- he came to us by way of Acadie Bathurst, as I recall, and then we traded him out to right. Hamilton, and then Halifax, I believe. I-, I believe Halifax picked him up for their run to the Royal Bank, but don't quote me on that. Okay. Bruno Doucet from down Bay mm-hmm. St. Anne. Bruno was a dandy. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg Scott, I do believe, ex of the Riverman, was from up north in Bathurst area. Again, not necessarily uh, local. Uh, Larry Burns, Matthew Russell, two uh, Newcastle boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, got into a few games here and there, off and on. And then, of course, you had Seth Anderson was our original captain. I believe Seth, as my memory serves me, came from the Trenton, Ontario uh, hockey team, I Champions, believe. Champions, yes. That's a name from the past. Seth Anderson was the captain, the first captain. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then let us not forget that year one, as you say that you could be 16, a young, very young Stephen Hines and Greg Hoff came to us by way of Newfoundland. And Stephen Hines went on to be a dandy Miramichi Timberwolves, and then Hoff graduated on to the Quebec Major Junior, but then ended up coming back in his... As a 20, that's sometimes what happens. 18, 19, they can use you up in Major Junior. But again, there's only three 20-year-old spots in Major Junior, so you have to be an impact player to stay in Major Junior as a 20. And so that's when you get the filtering back, and we still see it to this day, the filtering back of those good 19-year-old defensemen, forwards, whatever, that could be third, fourth line and or second or third or pairing in defense come and play major junior in their last year and have a real impact as a 20 year old in the junior a league you know the other takeaway from year one of the miramichi timberwolves for me and i think if i went back through the annals of history 
I would be correcting what I'm about to say, but it was a <laughs> it was a bad time to be an expansion team in our division. Charlottetown was running extraordinarily hot. Summerside was running hot. Hamilton was running hot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Moncton. Were they the Tigers or the River Rats then? No, the River t- Rats in the no, 90s, weren't they? In the or late 90s. In the 90s, yes. But right. by the time they rounded the bend, I, I believe Hamilton. Maybe Restigouche for a little bit, but... But anyways, remember one name out of Hamilton that Marcus Watson, who was really quick, and they won a championship with him in their lineup. And I thought they were the River Rats. But I hate, I to, I hate to call you out. Yeah. Wasn't it Wendell Watson? Not Marcus. What did I say? Marcus. Yeah, Wendell's. The, he's the guy that bought me. Remember, he bought my Putin one time up in Hamilton. Yeah, remember uh, that? It's not Marcus Watson. Oh, uh, I believe it was Wendell. Well, <laughs> but anyways, uh, further to my point, uh, it, it was just a bad time to be an expansion team because we were in a yeah. tight division, and then in the other division, you had eh, Halifax was what it was, Anaganish, Truro, and uh, the list uh, goes on and on. There, the league has had a complete restructuring since we came into the league well now there is no team in dartmouth or halifax thank goodness right thank goodness okay they used to play out of the oland exports who i think well, hosted the royal bank didn't they the at, year the, after. at the forum yeah. in halifax yeah halifax forum and then across right. the bay or the harbor uh dartmouth played at the dartmouth sportsplex yes the DQ Blizzard, they were called. And you, you, we know where they ended up, and it's been a great success. They went to Yarmouth, didn't they? Yes, they did. Yes. I don't want to out myself here, but I've never been a fan of Maritime Hockey League in Halifax. It's too congested. Yes, there's all kinds of universities there. Yes, there's all kinds of players there. All kinds there. of people there, too. And there's a ton of minor hockey associations. There's a ton of people to buy the tickets, but it just doesn't work. Look at If you had $20 a week to spend on a hockey game in Halifax, you are going in order. To the Halifax Mooseheads, A, B, St. Mary's on the outside, and C, Dalhousie on the extreme outside. Other than that, Maritime Hockey League got lost in Metro Halifax. And there used to be a theory, well, at least we can get in the provincial daily papers. Well, no, you can't because it was just a little blur. By the way, mm-hmm. Halifax beat Dartmouth last night, 3-2. Miramichi down Dartmouth, 9-1 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Follow me along here. Halifax, Oland Exports. Dartmouth, Scotia DQ, Blizzard, they were called. <laughs> and then from there, Jerry, there was the Halifax Team Pepsi. There was the Halifax Marauders, the Halifax Shipbuilders. And I think I'm forgetting one more. It was just they were trying and trying and trying to hold that medium. All out of the same rink. All of the four. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to hold on to something that wasn't there. Because again, mm-hmm. well, look at the form has served metro halifax extraordinarily well over the years Mm -hmm. nothing but great memories in that building for those that grew up going to it the old ahl franchise was Mm -hmm. in there the nova scotia voyagers but it's not a great rink it's not a great rink oh no it's uh i don't know what year was it was built but uh yeah so it's certainly uh for junior a it was it was perfect i still remember that uh infamous game it was Halifax playing Summerside, where the player, what, dove into the bench? Yeah. Summerside guy got on. Well, he was chasing him, and then they went into Then that made it. I think that was nationwide. <laughs> yeah. Remember somebody diving over well, the Well, there boards. you go. The one time you catch a headline yeah. in the local paper, and it's nothing but bad news. Funny how that works. Yeah, that's a vivid memory from there. 14 wins in year number two. Nine wins in year number three, and that was a changeover from Flynn to Bonn. Uh, and then LeBlanc and the rest of the boys came in. Wood, Henderson... And David Hale became involved. Our Gremley was involved. Uh, but we took a step backwards there. Um, 
But again, it was a bad time to be an expansion team. Uh, Charlottetown was so good. Summerside was up and down, but largely good. Be damned if Camelton was going to lose to Miramichi in those days because they had a few more years on us. Yeah. Camelton had won a championship in the late 90s. I remember Gordy Connors and those guys. And the only reason I know that is because I was down covering the Anagonish Junior A Bulldogs back in the day when I was living in uh, Cape Breton. I don't think the Tigers ever played out of the gardens. Oh, no. They always played in the in oh, the new rink, right? 100%. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what, in, you know, that's what got it going, really, is that the new rink encouraged the... Uh, the birth of, of uh, the Tigers at a junior A level because they always called the Tigers in the senior level and played at the Memorial. Um, did the Memorial Gardens get torn down or burned down? I don't know. I don't know either. I would I have thought. to yeah. reach out it to doesn't, it. It certainly doesn't exist anymore. It's been torn down but uh, um, where it used to be. But they, the, uh, the Tigers, if I remember correctly, in their infancy, I thought they had success from the get-go for some reason. Um Again, I'm going to assume that the changeover from former senior to present day junior, mm. there was some cash. Look at and And here we are talking about cash. And for folks who may not know, maybe we'll dispel a little minor myth here. Cash is king when it comes to running these franchises. Mm-hmm. Whether you generated from ticket sales, whether you generated from sponsorship, revenue somehow, some way, it, it's about money. If you don't have any money, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. If you have money every three or four years, you better go on a run and cross your fingers and Hope you make it back with a deep playoff run or you hang a banner in your arena the following fall, having already won a league championship. And you certainly need people to come and watch and be interested. And you got to have that, you know, six to nine hundred would it must be a, a, you know, the the soft spot where it needs to be. I mean, to to, on a weekly basis to to generate revenue. I mean, um, I remember when, you know, early in this in this. Uh, existence of the Timberwolves where the Timberwolves had to pay players. I don't know how they did that. Uh, member players used to get paid. Now p- players pay to play. It's a it's a fee to play. Rather than back then, you were paying them to play. Each one of them was getting a little bit of money. Do you know that for a certainty? Yes. Really? Absolute. That's new to me. Huh. No, some of them got paid very no, well. No, 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 no. Sorry. You're telling me present days there's a there's a registration, so to speak. Is that what you're suggesting here? Yeah, pay, players pay to play now. Just like if you were going to play midget AAA, you pay to play. Ah, uh, honest to goodness, Jerry, uh, I understand. You do not know this. I understand at the major midget level and and high school. I understand there's some fees incurred. I uh, I am. This un- is the big thing for Junior A that it, wow. you st- and and the Maritimes were the last to do it. I mean, in Ontario, which is a, there's a tremendous amount of Junior A teams, uh, you paid to play. So they're self financing, so to speak. It pays the league. It doesn't pay the team, but the, it doesn't cost the team to have you. Okay, well let me. It's let- a it's a it's a registration fee for the league. So some of the costs incurred are covered by the. Not players some themselves. of the costs. Well, I don't know if the player. I, I, I don't know where that money comes from. Um, sometimes if you've played or paid that fee in Ontario, you won't have to pay it again in, in Maritimes. Okay. But still, you're not paying them to play. So, our, our, and again, I'm assuming you're right here. Yeah. Let's say Jerry Green's a great hockey player. Miramichi says you can come play for us for $1,500. Summerside says, hey, we're going to relax our fees, make it 500. I would think that you're going to go to the team that 
Well, maybe that does happen. I don't know, but it, it you don't have to pay them. They were getting paid on a weekly basis. Oh, I, 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 look, I, was, I know that. I had a front row seat for it. it I was, was involved. Expensive. Yes, you had a payroll. Absolutely, jumpins. I don't know how they did it. I mean, I remember. I mean, the 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 to run a junior A franchise, and this was a long time ago. And I remember somebody giving me this number. It was like six to seven hundred thousand dollars to run the team for the season. Look, I don't know the exact numbers, Jerry. I have been on the board at various times and and, and in its infancy, but I can remember distinctly being uh, tasked with the cash for a weekend trip. You're in charge, Quinn, said someone, and handed me an envelope of cash. Please bring us back the receipts. And I remember sitting on the bus, and I opened the envelope, and I was like, wow, this is a pile of cash. And I think that was the first time where I realized, wow, this machine costs money because I came home with, like, literally $78 off X amount that they gave me, doesn't matter, and a handful of receipts. And you know what? It was, it, it, well, here, you remember this run. It was Friday in Anaganish. Uh, Saturday in Truro, and you wrapped her up with a Sunday afternoon matinee in Summerside and come on home, two nights in a hotel, always in Truro. You're eating three meals a day for three days. The hotels, all the incidentals that were incurred since you left Newcastle. And it was just the first time where I went, wow. I don't think it's my imagination, but all that sort of travel from a uh, scheduling perspective, I think the leagues really trim that down so teams don't have to find themselves out on the uh, staying overnight anywhere especially two nights now you you consistently or can uh uh consistently see uh teams come up play Campbellton then play us the next night those right. teams from Nova Scotia and vice versa when we you know if the Timberwolves are going to Yarmouth they're going to play Yarmouth and in, in uh, Valley or whoever it is over there they're going to get two games in but only stay over one night but back in the early existence yeah you could be you could be out for two nights and all the eating and, and busing and everything that you would need to do was expensive. I would like to see us knock off the Nova Scotia games in the fall and then focus on our own division during the hard travel months of winter. And uh, the other thing, it's very selfish that I would say that and very self-serving. I really, and you roll your eyes here because we've had this conversation, I have no connection to the other division. Until I see the Truro Bearcats in the final, and we've been there once in 19 years, I really don't care. You know, I like to see a game. I, I, I'm going anyways, but I get more. Yeah, I don't want to see the same teams. All, what are you talking about? I don't want to see I, the same teams I just teams get more. Ex- I get more excited when it's St. Stephen, Grand Falls, Camelton, Summerside. Okay, sure. But let's say there's some young star playing in Yarmouth, and he comes to town. Just like uh, uh, compare it to, um, well, you know, back when, when Crosby with Ramuski and, and Moncton didn't get to play Ramuski that often, twice, one there, one here. But when he came to town, I remember um, it was 80, it was, pardon me, it was 2004, 2004, because he went to the NHL in 2005. And then I and then I I got on board with uh, in the league as a broadcaster in 2005. So I never got to do a game. That's why it sticks out in my mind. I never got to do a game that Crosby was in. But I remember taking my daughter and my wife to Moncton for the only trip Crosby was ever was making that year. And I don't think he played more than two years. He would have played as 16 and a 17 year old. That's it. And then he played with Pittsburgh as an 18 year old. All right. So um, you know you get uh, he's in the other division. Uh, you only get to see him once. So. It's, it's a big affair. Same as, let's say, there's somebody in the other division you want to see that's been tearing it up. He's the league's leading scorer, or maybe has a, three guys on the same line that are tearing up the league. You want to see them come to your rink. Two things, if you're throwing this at me, and you did. I respond more to geography 
than I do players. I like the regional rivalry. Don't laugh. I'm not laughing. And, and I know. secondly, and think about this. Who doesn't? And, and I'm the perfect guy to throw this question at you, and I am embarrassed to admit it. I have not seen in the 1819 season either a Wildcats or a Teton game. So let's assume I'm going to a game this weekend. I have my $25 to spend on a ticket. Who's the drawing card in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League right now? If you told if I had to go to one game this year, you would say, Quinn, wait till this team is in well, town I'll because be, it would be Drummondville. And who's the stud there? Uh, Joe Valeno, Max Comtois, uh, Matthew Joseph's brother, P.O. Joseph, who was in Charlottetown, is now they're all on one team now because that particular team is trying to win a championship. See, again, I'm going back to my geography thing. I, I have Drummondville a dot on the map in yeah, Quebec. Yeah, it's still, it's about, a, it's about who's on the team, too, and what, what kind of record they have, what type of team they are. You know, uh, they're a high-scoring type of team. Be fun to watch. They might, if, if you're going to watch them with your local team, your local team probably would get beat, but, and it did happen. They came to Moncton and whooped them and, you know, and so forth. All right. So here, here's a, another way to ask the same question. Bathurst is coming off the heels of a Memorial Cup championship. Now they're in a rebuild. <laughs> a rebuild? Okay, you with me on this? Yeah. Are you saying that because the team is rebuilding, that they are less of a draw in Moncton based on the player load rather than the geography at all? Who are you talking about? Bathurst. What, what I'm saying Bathurst is, is painfully woeful. I know, they're, but what, what I'm saying to you is... Not worth watching. I would get excited as a Moncton Wildcats fan with Bathurst coming in because it's my closest ge- geographic rival. Well, maybe St. John, but you know what I mean? I would I would be more want to spend the money on Bathurst, St. John, although they're both desperately poor, than Drummondville, Shakutami, Valdor, Ruin, Aranda. I just don't... I'm a geography guy. I'm sorry. Okay, so you play Bathurst and St. John nine times. They're going to be at your rink let's say five times and you're going to be the other guys five times, whatever. You're going to see those two teams nine times. All right. So here's the proof of the pudding in your mind's eye. Have in you total. Seen, have you seen Drummondville and Moncton this season? Uh, no, I didn't see the Drummondville Moncton game, but you're a nerd. So you looked at the game sheet. I guarantee you, you did. Sure. I did. Is there a spike in attendance because Drummondville rolled in? I don't recall. It was a back to back. It was a Friday, Saturday type of uh, arrangement. And I'm not sure. They'd come back from a road trip with which they'd won all three. I would suspect, you know, uh, but I don't recall what the tennis. And I would say roughly probably between uh, 55 and 7,000, I would think. Hmm. But I'd, I don't know. But what I'm trying to say, you know, if uh, Max Comtois is coming to town and who has just started with the World Juniors, and uh, there is a draw to seeing a star from another division that you're only going to get a chance to see maybe once or twice. I, I don't disagree with you. You're, you're, I think you think I am disagreeing with you. I don't disagree with you. I'm just, what I'm saying to you is I'm more passionately about in, a rivalry, but I'm it, more ensconced in geography than I am the player, but the rivalry is very soft between now St. John's playing better now, but are the fans content. And the other thing I noticed answer that one first. Are well, the fans they're, still, content? they're still getting their 16 or 1700, which they didn't get before. Mm. They didn't get the year before they won the cup. They weren't consistently getting that, but now they probably have a season ticket base and so forth. Are they booing and jeering? No, they're not. Right. They're enjoying. All right. 58 Anyways. game season, Miramichi Timberwolves. 58. Our best. What season. year was that? Uh, that was four. Uh, now it's trimmed down to 48, isn't it? Uh, 50. 50. Yeah. With that uh, jamboree. For two years, we played 58 games, 06, 07, 07, 08. 07, 08, statistically, uh, points-wise, was our best year ever with 87 points. 
a record of 42, 13, 0, and 1. Oh, the first round of the playoffs, were they? Shall I regale you with <laughs> some of the players in that team? Uh, let me guess who might be the leading scorer that year. What'd you say? 07, 08? Yes. This would be the Billy Riley era. <clears throat> <clears throat> leading scorer for the Timberwolves in 07-08. I'm going to set you on a path here just to refresh your memory. Your old friend McGinnis from the St. John Sea Dogs is yeah. a member of this team. Just to, So now go from there. Well, it wouldn't have been Mike Neal. No. No. I don't recall. Adam Ross was our leading scorer with uh, Scott Esty, Daniel Basque from down the coast, Brett McGinnis, Michael Hines. Yeah, I never saw many of those games that year. What year was that? 07-08. Yeah. Right. And then, of course, you come into Chris Owens, who I would make the case yeah, is if you had to pick your all-time Timberwolf, if you could have a redo and start a franchise all over, Chris Owens is the guy I want. He was tremendous. Oh, unreal. And then went on to play university hockey with Katie, I believe. Yeah. And was a stud there for five years and, you know, all Canadian, that sort of thing. And a fine Newfoundlander that maybe he's... I don't know where he is and what he's doing now. Could be playing, you know, because senior hockey is still strong in Newfoundland. He could be playing over there some senior hockey. Who knows? Playing pro hockey in uh, Germany, as a matter of fact. Okay, I'd love to do that. Um, You want to hear Chris Owens last year with us? Defenseman, folks. Defenseman. Well, he set the record, didn't he? 49 games played. Yeah. 23 goals. Mm -hmm. 69 assists. Total of 92 points. May I ask you this? And Chris Owens, again, is probably my favorite of all time. Yes. My favorite non-local. Of course, I have a soft spot for all things Miramichi-born players. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the answer to this, but I appeal to your knowledge. It, 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 it dawns on me as I look at Chris Owens' stats earlier this morning in preparation for this chat. May I for a moment? <laughs> 53 games, 57 games, 54 and 49. Then goes on to five years with Acadia, as you had referenced, Mm -hmm. and arguably the toughest university-level league in the country. Four games in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. And I don't know anything about scouting, but I do know this. Chris Owens was a hell of a hockey player, and how no one found some time for him in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League no, that's <clears throat> in his heyday. That was 10 years ago and played four games for the PEI Rocket in 06, 07, 06, 07. So over, you know, 10, 12 years ago, the, 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 uh, I guess the acceptance of a smaller, quicker defenseman maybe wasn't, you know, bored into the brains of any scouts and, you know, scouts, coaches, they all copy each other. Nobody goes outside the box unless somebody went went and did it and it, it worked out. And here's a, I'll give you a good example. But uh, back then, you know, the uh, the small mobile defenseman, which I thought Locke was too, and Locke never got a look, uh, thrive in the Junior A League, but Major Junior not interested. You got to be a big defenseman to play in uh, Major Junior. Uh, you know, fast forward to today, and um, Moncton Wildcats of the Major Junior Hockey League are Quebec Major Junior Hockey League are certainly uh, thrilled and, and uh, surprised, I guess, in a sense, a way a fellow named Jordan Spence has, has developed. He was a second round. He was, he, was, he was 
overlooked as a 16-year-old. He played for Summerside last year, was Rookie of the Year, scoring 50 points in 50 games, and was dominant when he was out there. Wildcats drafted him with their first pick in the second round, and here he is leading all rookies in scoring right now in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, and he's in the top five for defensemen. He's no more, Patty, than... I don't know, and I don't have his numbers in front of me. No more than 170 pounds and no more than 5'10". So should he have played last year as a 16-year-old? Could he have played last year as a 16-year-old? Well, obviously, I think he could have, yes. The way he dominated the Junior A League, and he did. I, when, when Summerside came to the rink, you knew he was when he was out there and he played lots. Um, sure, he could have, but somebody overlooked him, maybe because of his size. So Moncton notices what he did in his first year take him in the second round and he hasn't missed a game yet well, all right well but by that token with that size and that amount of ice time he gets by that token why didn't someone notice chris owens someone's got to be looking at the yeah but that was the mentality back then they didn't look at a small mobile defenseman andre gill 48 games in his rookie season with the timberwolves 31 goals second season 50 games 35 goals 56 games in his third and final season with the timberwolves 43 goals total of 105 points in his third and final season guess how many games he played in the quebec major junior hockey league zero zero right i don't get it the guy had a pro shot he could skate he wasn't the thickest guy and maybe then you know that's not where they were looking maybe they weren't looking in junior a who knows i mean again uh, it, it irritates me and somewhat uh bothers me you know scouts coaches whatever they all copy each other nobody can come up with an original idea somebody comes up with an original idea and they all copy it all of a sudden oh you found a uh, you found a uh, pretty mobile defenseman there in junior a hey we're gonna start doing that let's us do that too hate that well, keep players going. a player a player is a player if they have uh the passion of which is a big for me to play uh the determination desire ability skating's the big thing why does it matter how big or small he is? I agree with you 100%. You watch the Johnny Godreau. Look how small he is in Calgary. Sure. Puh. He's not afraid to go in the corners. Martin St. Louis is a Hall of Famer. Never drafted. Never drafted. He's too small. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's that Paul, whole... Paul Correa was told he was going to be too small. Yeah, I just think the culture back then was you had to have big defensemen in Owens's case and uh, not that chris owens would want to redo yeah, things have worked out well for him but it just seems odd it's all it's all mm-hmm. i'm saying it just oh, no, it seems odd i have seen worse defensemen than chris owens playing in the quebec major junior hockey league but obviously and, and, and so have you yes okay but obviously you know and it always has been i think for universities they'll they scout everywhere they go junior a major junior now here you have the university of new brunswick uh reds now they're not the varsity reds they're just the reds uh i've been told many times you know agents for players that are on a western hockey league team are calling new brunswick wanting to play there wanting to play for the university of new brunswick um and that's why you see players that come from away and they're usually captains of those teams they're character guys that have got four or five years under their belt and they've come to play they always attract they seem like they're the the place to be the program to be in uh maybe maybe the university has lots to do with it too i don't know the programs they offer and and maybe that's some of it too but uh, i don't know what it is that gets them to get them always at the top and always you know if they're not in the final of the uh 
what's it called now? C C I S C I S. If they're not in the final, there was something wrong. What happened? <laughs> you know, why aren't they in the final? Because that's the type of team they are. Them and and you know Alberta and and sometimes Saskatchewan peaks up and sometimes you get a team from Southern Ontario that's but always or Saint University Mar- New Brunswick's always there. Yeah, St. Mary St. Evacs have yeah. dabbled their toes yes. in in the waters of yes. recent years. Okay, let's I feel like I fired you up here. So, well, I respect the university teams. They they scout everywhere for players. Uh, I think UMB gets them handed to them, but I think all the other teams work very hard to find the right players. 2016-2017, following along with our Timberwolves trajectory, the one and only time we made it to the league final against Truro. Seven-game series and went the distance. Miramichi Timberwolves won three games at home. Truro Bearcats won three games at home. Now we're tied 3-3. We head home for game number seven, and we lose before the biggest crowd that the Miramichi Timberwolves have ever drawn to the Miramichi Civic Center. And for Junior A. For Junior A, sorry, right. obviously. Yeah. I think it stings a little bit more for me, Jerry, because it was Truro. Oh, get that right. Absolutely. You agree with that? Oh, yes. Yeah. Hated losing to them. Absolutely. Crazy. Want to run through that lineup? It was only a couple <clears throat> of years ago, but I'll throw some names at you. May I? Yep. Uh, Campbell Pickard, playing some university hockey now. Michael Constantine was a very mobile defenseman. Mm-hmm. Braden Yurick. Brother of Josh. Yeah, the Yurks, yeah. Uh, Lee Dower, Mikhail Parker, Olivier Gendron from up north. Yeah. Shatford, Hastings, Herbs, Banville, Wheatley, Scott, McGinnis, Cusson, Josh Yurick. Uh, Cardiff was tough as nails on defense. In net, you had Botiz and Summers. Game seven starter. Topic of conversation. Well, don't get me going there. <laughs> My thought was, here you had a very... Uh, and Tanner just probably uh, uh, same age, both born in '98. Yes, okay then. And Tanner had just been released, let's say, from the Titan in Bathurst and had major junior tryouts and was a backup up there as well, never a starter, but has tremendous experience and ex- tremendous skills. And you can't tell me that he wouldn't have bit his arm off to get in that net well. and defend the cage on his home team in his hometown in Game 7 to win their first ever Maritime Championship. I just didn't like the effort that I saw from the guy that was in there. And I know it's, it's, it's hindsight, but I still would have put him in if, if all was equal. And I don't think either... I don't think... Uh, and Tanner had just come off a good Game 6, of which he was a hard luck loser. I remember we, it was a good game, and he was a hard luck loser in that. So why go back to the other guy? And the other guy was sick during that sometime during the playoffs too. And that, that's that's the part that still irritates me. Obviously, I agree with you one hundred percent. I am not one to call out, but we are allowed an opinion. Here's my thoughts on it, if you will. I, I totally agree with that. Tanner would have bit his own arm off to play in front of his hometown with a chance to win a championship on his home ice with a beautiful Miramichi Timberwolves jersey on his chest. Allow me this. Would have been king for a day. Well, take this one to the bank ponder this for me we win the championship we're talking about tanner summers for 25 years sure we lose the championship with tanner summers he's one of our own we pat the kid in the back yeah and bob's your uncle don't you know what i mean either way summers wins it's a win-win it's a win-win yeah Credit where credit is due. Yeah. I kind of forgot how great a game Tanner had in game six in Truro. Right. He, I remember that. He was every bit of, you should start him. He was every bit of hard luck loser. At various points in that game, the ebb and flow of it, I thought, oh, my God, we're going to win this championship here. We're going home mm-hmm. with the whatever they call it, Maritime yeah. Hockey League Cup. Yeah. And then the wheels came off her. Wow. A golden opportunity. Golden opportunity. Do you know who killed us in that series? 
G Blackmore. G Blackmore. Thank you. And for Ryu. Uh, Tebow or Tibbow, however you say. He had a he had a hell of a series too. I, I beg to differ. If it wasn't if it wasn't for Blackmore and Ryu, it was done. Blackmore had I think he had six goals in the series, if I remember correctly. I think you're hundred percent right. And then oh, do you do you have the shots of that just to to to, to validate my memory? Do you have the shots from game seven? Can you get, you can't get that. Not on the fly here. No. Okay. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it was in the high thirties and they were low twenties, something like that. We were just peppering them down. I remember the first period. I don't think Turo got out of their own end. All they wanted to do was flip it out, flip yep. it out, flip it out. And they were just sitting back and waiting for a chance. And, and as it turned out, they score on a counter punch of a misplayed puck and away they go on a two-on-one and score. Losers that we are and our good friend and colleague at the Miramichi Civic Center, Stephen Newman, reminded me of it the other night, but we saw every game. We went down to every game. Yes, we saw every game of that series. Why would we not want to miss it? There's a great chance to, you know, set some history. I know, but we we did it. it. Getting home at two and three in the morning and going to work and then repeating the day after. Yeah crazy the things you do yes we are coming back to economics fans a little final plea and we'll leave you with this uh it, it is a revenue-based sport as most are it's a revenue-based league and the team who has some fundage usually makes a good run and better than 70 percent of most teams revenue is coming from ticket sales and we would encourage you to buy a ticket and come see a game mm-hmm Simple as that. Yes. And uh, I get into a conversation in the cafeteria, canteen, call it what you want. The other night, someone said, did you see the game sheet from the Timberwolves visit to Edmonston a few weeks ago when it was 9-1? And I said, yeah, we got hammered up there. And they said, you see the attendance? And I said, yeah, 2,765 to be exact. Remember the number? And they're like, yeah, well, what's going on in Edmonston on a Wednesday? And I'm like, what's going on here on a Thursday? Or what's going on here on a Saturday that I don't buy that there's nothing to do in Edmonton. That's why they're getting so many fans. Ah. No, this is the second year, and it's a beautiful rink, but it, I, I think it's the place to be. People go to socialize probably as well as they go to watch hockey. Well, much like you uh, had. Why wouldn't you? You had uh, mentioned uh, in various uh, conversations over the years that you used to love uh, those Tuesday night games at the LBA. Yeah. Because of the conversation, the, yeah. the product was good, and you were going to have a laugh, maybe a cocktail. and <laughs> All right, so a little all chit-chat right. about all things uh, Miramichi, Timberwolves. Um, we got to touch on the Moncton Wildcats and the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League and uh, the Maritime Expansion from the early 90s. You want to do that next time around? Yes, love to. We'll leave it there for now? Yeah, okay. I'm good with that. <laughs>